Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Okay, welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And today we have on Flossie McNeil, and I got her name right this time. And we have her from Unshackled. And most of you, if you grew up listening to any radio, somewhere along the lines you listened to her, because my father, who who, uh, was not raised, you know, in the church or, or not raised knowing Christ, remembers, you know, Unshackled from the 50s. And I remember hearing it in the 80s. So, Flossie, how are you? Yes, I'm doing great, Todd. How about you? Good. So, if you want to start again sharing the, uh, you know, about where the mission got started and how y'all got into the radio broadcasting, you know, doing the shows? Sure. Um, so, I, start there then I will... I can start out with Pacific Garden Mission then, which is the the producer, the mother of Unshackled. Okay, great. Okay, okay, very good. So let me just say that Pacific Garden Mission is a gospel rescue shelter, we call it. Um, it, it proclaims the gospel um, to whomever the Lord sends. It started, uh, really, it was originated in 1869, but formerly, uh, it was incorporated in 1877. Unshackled, I mean, Pacific Art Mission was started in the heart of a lady. Her name was Sarah Dawn Clark. And um, because the Lord had given her eternal life, uh, Sarah was so very, very excited about it. She and her family lived on the East Coast in um in Elmira, New York, and they moved to the West, as many people were moving to the West in the 1850s and 60s. Uh, at any rate, they moved as far as Iowa. They were very wealthy individuals, and so they had a very nice home. Uh, Sarah had come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as a young adult, and um, the Lord prompted in her heart as they were um, buying furniture and getting their home in Iowa so well equipped, what are you doing for my home? So that drew her to the Chicago area. Uh, somehow the Lord came, to sh- the, the family came to the Chicago area, and Sarah would take off of her very wealthy dresses and put on the, the servant's clothes, the peasant clothing, and she would come to um, downtown Chicago, which at the time, uh, the pigs and the, and, and the cows and all of that was on the streets, uh, and the street was filled with mud and uh, there were a lot of just not very nice and sanitary things there, but she would go to the opium dens where many people were uh, in the opium dens, that they were locked there, and on opium she would give them tracts, pamphlets they called it, and she would give them tracts, and her heart desire was to share the gospel with them. So she and some of her friends started a Sunday school room uh, not very far from where the mission is right now on 23rd and State Street. At any rate, she and her friends started this Sunday school room where there was chairs, and they um, just read the Bible. The verse, Matthew 11:28 was placed on the wall in that building, which says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. So they put that verse on the wall, and that was the passion that she had. Um, Sarah later on got married to Colonel Clark, and she petitioned him, begged him, 
she and her friends to start a rescue mission, and thus in 1877, uh, Pacific Garden Mission was born. Through the years, Unshackle, I mean, through the years, Pacific Art Mission continued to grow. Uh, it moved from two or three places. Uh, one of the famous converts of Pacific Art Mission is Billy Sunday, but there are many other uh, very uh, famous converts. Um, Ethel Waters, which is Walter Waters, Pa and Ma Taylor, uh, Ethel Taylor, uh, she did the song, uh, wrote the song, Calvary Covers It All. They were at the mission as superintendent at one point, and because of the lifestyle of a person that Ma Taylor had spoken with many, many times, who he did not believe that he could come to faith in the Lord, um, but she continued to tell him that he could, and uh, the night that he professed faith in the Lord, she went upstairs and she wrote that song. And so the mission history is very, very strong in that many individuals, many rescue missions um, throughout America, many, many of those started because of converts uh, of Pacific Garden Mission. And as converts, they went throughout America. As I said, Billy Sunday is a very famous uh, Christian uh, in that particular time um, in the 50s because of his athletic abilities, but he became a, 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 a national evangelist. And I believe someone said that he shared the gospel in every county in America. I don't know that to be true or not because I wasn't with him. But many individuals heard the gospel through him. So Pacific Garden Mission has continued since 1877. One thing about the mission is that it has never closed its doors. It has moved from two or three different locations, uh, but it has never closed its doors. So since 1877, the mission hasn't closed its doors. Additionally, the mission does not receive or seek any government funding. Uh, the funds are given to Pacific Art Mission through the private sector. The Lord uh, prompts the, heart, the hearts of individuals, and they give to the ministry of Pacific Art Mission. So that's how it has continued through the years. So let me find out if we're still talking to one another. Are you still there, Todd? Still here. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's fantastic because uh, – I, you know, I know that we have a lot of different listeners, and a lot of times people are saying, "What, what can I give to?" And um, the the mission that you're talking about, I mean, they still. My understanding is they they still are open every day, bringing in the homeless and clothing them and feeding them, and and uh, uh, it it sounds like they do a lot. Yes, it's true that they that they do. Let me just say that. The ministry, Pacific Art Mission, has, and it has had since Sarah's time. Actually, Sarah and her friends had a hospital ministry and a jail ministry. Uh, and so the mission has continued to reach. And when we say the homeless, the homeless come into us. The doors are open and homeless come from really, I want to say almost throughout America because of Unshackle, because uh, the story of what Pacific Art Mission provides is heard on the radio program of Unshackle, and all of the city officials and uh, many other ministries are very, very familiar with uh, what Pacific Art Mission offers, so many individuals come to the mission. Uh, there was a man who was an actor who came from Los Angeles, um, 
And when he got ready to leave, someone told him, if you find yourself in Chicago and you don't have any place to go and you can't make it, go to Pacific Garden Mission. I'll always remember that he would always tell that story. And he said he found himself not having a place to go. And he came to Pacific Garden Mission. He was here for, I don't know, a few days or a few weeks or whatever it was, but he was here because we welcome those Whoever the Lord sends to the door, the, the, the doors are open here. So the mission provides food. It provides clothing. Uh, at one time, we had a medical and a dental clinic, and all of that was free to them. Every person that came to the mission received everything from the ministry at no cost. There was, there's always a clean bed. There's clean clothing. Uh, there's always love. And, of course, one of the things that we provide, we provide the Word of God, even though Jesus shared, Jesus did many things. He healed many. He healed the multitudes, the Bible says. But one of the things that he did is that he always spoke the word of God. Typically, he spoke the word of God first, and he provided for the social needs second. So one of the things that the ministry does with women and children, for those who come to us with whatever their needs are, if it's addiction, whatever those those needs are, then the ministry, the first thing they do is, invite the person to come in and tell us who you are. But in the process, they always share the word of God because if the person leaves the building and is hit by a car and prays to receive the Lord during the time that they are here, then they're on their way to eternity. And we're thankful for that. So it's important that you get the word of God in so that just in case the person dies, at least they will have been offered the eternal life that Jesus died to give them. So, yes, the ministry still does. Uh, there was at one time we had over 1,200, almost 1,300 people in the building daily, um, day and night. In fact, we had no, no space for them to sleep, and they covered all the floors, uh, floor space, but the people were not turned away. So I thank the Lord for the continued invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ, which says, Come unto me all. Uh, and the Lord is sufficient for all who comes. So it is just a privilege to be a part of this very, very special ministry. Wow. Okay, well, will you tell us more about Unshackled? Okay. So let me just say that the superintendent of of the mission, Harry Saulnier, I think he was superintendent from like the 40s. Um, he was until the 80s because he was here for 46 years. At any rate, Harry Saulnier was on the board of directors, but Harry uh, grew up as an adult and started his family and kids was almost raised. Um, he was a business executive and um, he had come from New York. At any rate, he was working here and someone began to share the gospel with him and Harry was transformed. He was so excited about it that he wanted to tell everybody. And in time, he, uh, he came down to Pacific Art Mission and then later on he joined the board uh, he was on the board of Pacific Art Mission, and his passion was to share the gospel, uh, typically as Sarah did and as many others did before him, to share the gospel with everyone and use whatever venue the Lord would open for that. Well, in the 1940s, as you know, those were still the golden age of radio. So many radio programs was very, very popular, and Christian radio. Uh, some of the radio programs, Christian radio programs, were very popular on Christian stations. Harry 
not doing radio drama, but he so wanted the stories of the many converts who had come to Pacific Garden Mission and and gone on in life to be very successful in the Lord or successful wherever they were in business, but still serving the Lord. He wanted to share those stories to those who would hear, whether a believer or not, because the works of God is so exciting that it's great to tell those who are believers and those who are not, because the works of God is just simply great. So Harry bought time on radio, um, on a radio station, 15 minutes, and he shared a testimony of a convert, a person who had come to and through Pacific Art Mission, and the Lord had transformed their lives, and they had gone on to live for the Lord. That's what he did. In the process of time, someone asked him, why don't you do a radio drama? Uh, there was radio dramas that was being done at that time, stories of great Christians and other, other dramas similar to that. And so Harry and the board of directors began to pray about it, but they knew they needed someone professional to do the writing and the directing because he couldn't just use just anybody to do it. So they really began to pray that the Lord would open a door, show them what to do, give them the people that they needed. So they prayed for a couple of years uh, for the Lord to do this particular task for them. And so there were the individuals that did the music. They were part of the Christian men's uh, business meetings on Fridays, I believe. They did music and they sang there. So they were brought into um, the conversation. And so they gave their talents and ability to try help them, to help them. That's where the unshackled music came from the person that um, Lucille Becker. She worked uh, for Moody and, and she and Bill they sang and played music at the uh, Businessmen Association luncheon on Friday. So they got together, and that's where the Enshackle theme came from, out of her heart. At any rate, um, so time progressed. They needed a writer and a director. And Eugenia Price, some people know the name Eugenia Price, others do not. But Eugenia was an atheist uh, when they began to pray. But God saved Eugenia, and that story is miraculous, and it's, it's so wonderful how the Lord saved this person who was an atheist with great talents and abilities and moved her back to Chicago. And as they were praying for someone to help them with the Unshackled program, a person that worked in ad in ad uh, marketing knew that Eugenia was back and she wanted to give her gifts to something that was Christian, and they introduced her to Harry Solonier, and the rest is Unshackled history. So um, September 23, 1950, the first story was produced uh, on WGN in Chicago live um, with a live audience listening. It was, it was done live, so it was nine minutes too long, <laughs> and that was live, so that was exciting. But at any rate, it has continued to produce programs uh, weekly, and we are now on program number 3,471. Uh, Unshackle is now 66 years old. I, sh- I said, well, it should draw Social Security this year. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Okay, well, my wife had a question. I don't know if she's okay. still on. I remember but, uh, her question. Okay, Julie. So let me let me ask answer your question, which is a question that is asked by many people. And let me just say that personally, I can only speak for myself. I've been here for 21 years, and I've worked with the vetting process. Well, I've worked with Unshackle for 21 years. The, the Lord saved me in corporate America and kept me there uh, for a number of years, which was good. And um and then uh, he saved my husband, and, and we, so in time, we came to Pacific Art Mission to serve here. My husband did, and they asked me to stay, and the rest is kind of history. But 
salvation is of God. And um, one of the things they asked me to do is work on the stories in the Unshackled department. Salvation is of God. And um, in corporate America, I worked in finance. I worked with management and finance and people, uh, personnel and production. So I, in, in my role, I knew that only God would know the story that could impact people around the world. The many listeners that listen to the story, a person could not choose the story. Only God could. And so the ministry had, that's what they had done through the years. Individuals would write us and others would call us and, and then someone, someone would tell us about a story and they would produce the story. But on a personal level, I pray that God would send the story that he knew that, that he had sovereignly chosen for the day and time that we would produce it. And whenever it was repeated, that he would have just the audience there to hear it. I noticed, uh, Todd, that you said that you remembered the story that you heard in 1980. I'm reminded of another man who is an actor. He was on his way to L.A. from Chicago driving a white a Cadillac, he told me. He remembered, and on his way, he didn't know anything about Unshackle, but as he was driving, he was looking for a radio station, and he found Unshackle. I met him, I'd say, 40 years later almost, and he said, I remember the story. So because Unshackle is the story of God in the lives of people, I think that's why they remember it, because whatever God does is alive, it cannot die. So that's, um, that's one of the things that we do. We pray that the Lord will send a story that he knows that will impact listeners around the world to draw those who are lost to himself and to challenge the believer to be more faithful to the word of God and to know his word. That's really what we try to incorporate in every unshackled story. But the integrity of the life story is very significant. And what, I'm, what I mean about that is that we, we tell the story of the child in the story. We tell the childhood years of the story subject. So we include things that they did in school and things that they did in their community and individuals that invited them to church or someone that was cruel to them because these are the foundational years that made an impact on the life of the person which really propels what kind of adults they turn out to be for a while. So the storyline, we wanted to speak to the child who's involved at this particular age so that if they're doing something, stop it, don't continue on, or if someone is hurting them in some way, that the adult in their ignorance or not in their ignorance would stop it because this is what it could produce in the life of a person. So, And then also to encourage those who encouraged this person, this child, whoever it was along the way. We wanted to say this is our way of saying thank you and to encourage others to do things nice to people that are not nice at all and things that you do that you think the person never, ever remembers. The storyline helps those people to know, yes, they did. So that's kind of the answer, I think kind of the answer that, um, kind of the answer that Julie wants, but the Lord orchestrates the story so that even sometimes we have very few stories. And I believe that the Lord does that so that because we might choose the wrong one. And so he makes sure that we can. He gives us just the one that we need then. 
And there are other times he gives us an abundance of stories. But even so, we pray for him to direct it so that we will select the right, the one that he would have us to choose. And consequently, listeners around the world, it, come, traveling to America or hearing Unshackled, however they heard it, many stations began to broadcast it in other places and so in other countries in the English language. And many times those language team would just weep, cry, write to us, beg us, please, please, we want this program for our country. And the reason why is Unshackle is the story of the common man. It's the story of people, anybody, any and everybody is an unshackled story. Man or woman, it makes no difference what culture they're in. It doesn't matter whether they're rich or poor. It is the story of a common person. And the needs and the aches and the pains of life and death and despair and despondency and all of those things, success and failures, all of those things are contained in the unshackled stories. So it's a story of the common, anybody that is human, the story unshackle will affect their lives if they will allow it. You know, Revelation twelve eleven says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And that's exactly that's, what an unshackled is. It's, it's exactly. the word of their testimony. That's right. That's right. And let me just share something else with you. One of the writers asked me, one of the backup writers asked me, Flossie, why do, we, why do you want to insert scripture in the story, in the, in the area, sometimes in the narrative, sometimes in the dialogue, but usually in the narrative, the person would say, if I had known this, and it's a scripture verse from the Bible, if they had known that they would not have done this thing that they're doing or they would have changed their practices. Well, the word of God, God is always present. He is never absent from any life. And so we drop in the word of God so that the listener, whoever they are, know that God always knows where you are. Not only that, the word of God is there. This word of God is sufficient for this, this particular thing that you are doing in your life. It was, it's there to guide you. You can know. And if you did know, then perhaps you would stop. So it's... It encompasses many, many, many things in the process of the story and the storyline. I don't remember the episode, but I'll tell you a little bit about the one that I heard. And I remember why it kept me listening, because I was really pissed. <laughs> because, you know, I, I wasn't walking with God at the time. And, uh, you know, I had, my grandparents both... Uh, you know, knew God, but, but my parents really were not with God at all. And so, and I was, I, I believe I had just gotten the army or was getting in the army or I was working for an air force at the time, but the, the, the man, the story was about was a mechanic in the air force and he was, he was a drunkard and he uh, had a really bad alcoholic problem. And some of the other mechanics, they poured some uh, the cleaning alcohol into his bill and he ended up drinking it and it caused him to go blind. And then, you know, as it went on in the story, he ended up receiving Christ and everything else. But I just remember being so mad that I had to listen to the rest of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, there had, to, there had to be some saving grace in this story. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, let me just say that I, I sometimes, um, sometimes as I speak to an audience, I, I say to them, as big as Chicago is, and it's big. I mean, we have, you know, it's, it's a population, it's billions in the area, but um, in the in Chicago and the surrounding areas. So, if the entire area caught on fire and was burning, and fire departments came and they put out the fires in the building, and no one died. Historically, that would be in history for a long time. But there's a history that man cannot write, only God can see. And so if all of the people that lived died and went to hell, what would it matter? All that they did to save them, what would it matter? It would be good. And they did have a life, but if they all died and live eternally in hell, then the good was not so good. So the fact that they put the <laughs> they put the gasoline or uh, in the in in his bottle, he who was would have died perhaps and gone to hell. God used that to take his sight so that he could really see. Wow. Sometimes, very often, we have to lose our abilities so that we can realize everything that we have has lovingly come from God. We have no strength of our own. We have nothing. Paul said, what is it that I have that I did not receive? How many times would my heart beat if God stopped it? or my blood would flow through my veins, or vision would be in my eyes, or I would hear. If God said no, everything about me would stop. That's true of everything that is living. God lovingly gives. We have the greatest message from the greatest messenger. So let me just say that to the mission's credit, to Pacific Guard mission's credit, to Unshackled's credit, um, let me just say the passion of this woman who forsook in the history you will find that she and her husband, they were wealthy and they never really became poor, not really poor, but all of their tangible assets they gave for the work of the ministry. And they never had any children. And when I think about the I want to say, I don't know, thousands upon thousands, maybe millions through the years that have been impacted for the gospel because of this man and woman who gave what the Lord gave to them to give to others. It's wonderful. It is. And it shows, it shows what, you know, one person just starting can make such a difference. You know, it may, not, it may not happen tomorrow or the next day, but how many years have this, the, you know, the broadcast has been going since the 50s. 1950. You know, and the mission's been going since, you said, 1877. 1877. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. It's, it, is, it is God, and I'm thankful uh, through it all. Um, you know, we talk about we're a faith-based ministry. What does it mean? Well, 
only God can get, I mean, we have, you know, 1,200, 1,300 people. In reality, uh, over the years, the government gives you a stipend if you want to take it for having the people in your building. Or, I mean, the, the government the government organization has brought people through the years, all through the years. They know we'll take them at Pacific Garden Mission. So all through the years, the mission has not reached out its hands to the government to take anything for the people who come in. Because God doesn't need anything. He has everything. And we to take from the government would be taken from people that didn't give it to us. Donors give to us. Somebody sits down and write a check or goes online and they donate. They are actually giving to us. If they give it to the government and the government gives it to us through some, of, some kind of law, that's not a gift. So the people know that they can come, whatever money that they receive, however they receive it, that's between them and God. They don't, we, whatever we give them, they don't, give us, they, don't, they don't owe us anything. It's all theirs to do whatever they will with it. We try to train them what to do with it. So I thank the Lord for the new day uh, and the new life program. These programs, the new life program and the new day um, is for new life is for new day is for those who have addictions. And and so there are trained individuals that help them to understand just the strong pull of drugs, how devastating it is and how difficult it is to break those bondages. And so they let them know what what it is and how it works in your psyche and all of that. Interwoven in all of these teachings is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Because it matters not what you know. Without the power of God, you can only stop for a while. Well, and I I have to totally agree because I I worked in psych and drug rehabs for years. And... I finally kind of got fed up with it because I watched they would come in. Yeah, it was just a continually a cycle, and they'd be back, and they'd be back. And without God in there, it doesn't stop. It can't. It continues on. It can't. It can't. It can't. We, we cannot on our own. As I said, if God said no to my breathing, I am gone. I am gone. He, is, he gives life to all that is living. God is the one that gives the ability to do whatever it, it is that we do. I thank the Lord that I know uh, that I cannot take credit for whoever or whatever I am. I could have been born brilliant in mind, so to speak, and never, ever be able to communicate one word to anyone. Only the mercy of God makes the difference. And I don't ask him why. I just praise him. (laughs) I thank him. (laughs) I thank him. Because Jesus died because he loves the world. God said, for God so loved the world. That is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They all love us. And the only way that mankind could be saved from hell eternally, was through the death of Jesus so that we could receive the Spirit of God in our spirits and God can never die. So this Spirit takes us to heaven. But you see, in reality, 
whether you have the spirit of God or the breath of God that God breathed into humans, everybody lives eternally. Salvation determines where you will live. That's pretty exciting to me. No, it's it's very exciting. I can very remember uh, I can remember some years ago praying for the people that worked in the correction institutes, um, juvenile and etc. How they and I prayed for the family members who had individuals, family members who were involved in uh, just um, you know the things that take you to jail and then find you to prison and back again. The recidivism is is constant. They they say, but it's just only God can make them free. But I just thought about the innocent ones, the ones that work there. How dis- that's so discouraging. So I I my, my soul had a burden for them. That oh God, how do you face this every day, week after year after year? How, what do you, what does it do to you? I can't imagine. I praise God that there is hope in the Lord. We know that it's possible. I'm thankful that Adam and Eve did not eat the tree of life <laughs> from the tree of life. <laughs> I have to say that you. Uh... You sure, you know, shed some light. Now, for the people out there who, you know, they don't live by you and can't come volunteer there, um, what what do they do about trying to support you and stuff? How do you how do you, you set that well, up? Well, we, we have we have many we have many ways there. Let me just say that there are there are some individuals that they call us, they donate to us, and they have us to, it's like uh, like I pay my car notes or like you pay your, it comes out of their check. Uh, you can tell the bank when they release it to us. And there are others, of course, that donate online, and there are others that just sit down and write a check. Sometimes they write a one-time check for however much the Lord lays on their hearts. Uh, sometimes they write a monthly check to us. Sometimes they write as they have, maybe they get a bonus and they give us part of that. I don't know. But I, I know that um, I know that the Lord knows um, our need, and I know that the silver and gold is His. And so, um, as my husband and I donate to the mission, uh, we have and always what will. Um, I just pray because of the work that the the ministry does. As I told you the story about the firemen, and I'm you know there are a lot of good causes, but if a cause cures and a person dies and go to hell then the and I'm not taking anything away from the cure I'm and I'm not being insensitive to that I really am not but if the person does not receive eternal life and they live eternally in hell then uh, my investment in that person's life didn't do enough for their soul so I thank the Lord. I, I thank the Lord that He uses individuals to help us to donate to the souls of men. Every unshackled program, everything that we do here, um, the the um, the language teams that has produced unshackled through the years, every story that is translated into another language, the souls there here, and God uses these stories to transform lives there. And they tell others about this God. I'm reminded of a, a couple of stories and uh, of individuals, um, a person in the Arabic story, um, a person, the son was killed 
by the village, the people in the village. And the son, the father wrote to the team, the producers, and he said that his son talked about Jesus and he had died because he continued to talk about Jesus. And he says, and I want you to stop using his name in the stories. I love the stories, but it makes me want to talk about him. And I might become like my son and they will kill me too. Well, eternal life is far better than living to be 90. You live right. forever. Right. You live forever. And forever is wonderful. The Bible says a thousand years to the Lord is like a day. So nobody lives a thousand years, you know. So it's like a day in eternity. So we are about, oh, the, not only eternity, what the Lord gives you in this life. What he gives you is his presence and he guides you. And you don't have to make all those foolish mistakes. You don't have to do things that's wrong that's going to bring bad things to you. You can follow his word and follow his spirit as he guides you to do those things that are right. And there is sin in the world, so you cannot escape some things. But there are some things that you will escape even in this life. But more than that, you will live eternally with the Lord in a wonderful place. Heaven is not, you can't even describe it. There is no describing heaven and eternality. You can't describe it. Humans, we're not prepared for that. That's for God. But it's wonderful. Okay, <laughs> good. I don't know what happened, but nevertheless, it's uh, so true. I'm, I'm hearing from you that the perspective is to be eternally minded. And uh, even all of our focuses, what is the eternal value? And I appreciate that completely. I've yes. enjoyed hearing uh, the uh, your your presentation, the fire behind it, and the the message that we could all receive from um, back to when they started this between the husband and the wife, and yes. as individuals, what are we doing? for eternity with what God has entrusted us with as well. Right. Any of us. Right. So right. All of us. <laughs> all of us, yes. All of yes. us. You know, it takes one. It just takes one. Yes. That's right. And, uh, so thank you for taking your time, Flossie. I really appreciate it. Oh, I loved and, it. I loved it. I loved I it, love and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that the two of you as a husband and wife are just joining, uh, just doing what you can to, um, for the master. You're doing what you can with the abilities that God has given you to get a message that can make a difference eternally. If it made the difference for one person, if it made the difference for only one person, it, it'll make the difference for more than one. But think about eternity, if just for one. Exactly. Well, testimonies are actually giving God glory for what exactly. he did for individuals. And right. that has been the uh, the heart behind it, as well as faith comes by hearing. You hear what he does for others. He's no respecter of persons he'll do for you. That's right. So that has That's been... Right. So I just want to pr- pray and thank God. Uh, blessings to you. And... Um, Anything else, Todd, that you'd like to say before a wrap? Yeah, I'd like her just to pray over the audience. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
My God and Father, Lord, I started out in my prayer addressing the fact that you are sovereign. And Lord, we don't truly understand your sovereignty. But I know that, Lord, that when you spoke the world into existence, you knew that this day would happen and that Todd and, and Julie and I would communicate a Lord for this hour and that I have no idea who will listen. But God, you do. You know, the Bible tells me that you know you knew the substance of everyone before they were formed in their mother's womb. And you have followed them, Lord, from the time the doctor in the hospital, or if it was not a hospital, wherever they were born, you have followed them throughout their lives. You're the only one that knows everything about everyone. You know their hurts. You know their despair. You know the things that they run away from. You know the things that they are afraid about. You know how much they need you. And in many cases, how they don't know how. They don't know how to come to you. I'm thankful that the Word of God tells us. The Bible says, if you seek me, you are saying to everyone, if you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found of you because Jesus died. So I pray for this audience, Lord, that you have chosen May each one know that hears this, that you have chosen them to hear it, and that it's really you. Whatever good that they get from it, it is the goodness of God because you love them. And Lord, I pray that it will make an eternal difference in their lives. I pray to God, not only will it make an eternal difference in their lives, but Lord, that they would, be, that they would have the passion and love for the world, because we're all humans. You breathe the breath of life in all of the breath of God in all of us. We're all one. We're all brothers and sisters. May they look on the multitudes and see their brother and their sister. And may they pursue you to pursue them, that they might come to you, is my prayer. I thank you, Lord, that you have said that you're not willing that any should perish. So whether the seed is sown and is not germinated right away, as my husband so appropriately says, you can put a seed down for a thousand years, but as soon as you put it in the ground, it will germinate. Oh, God, I pray that the seeds today will germinate and produce fruit for your kingdom. It is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Flossie. Ty, thank both Julie and you. This was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I'm sorry that I didn't do it the way you asked me to, but I, I try to follow the leading of the Lord, and he opened this door. He sent everybody you know what? away. <laughs> that's fine. It, it was perfect. Praise the Lord. Praise well, the that, Lord. That's a wrap. Okay. Thank you very much. Love you guys. Love you too. How do you do? Unshackled. Thank you.